This WBEZ podcast is supported by Hacia, whose Executive Fellows Program provides Black and Latinx business owners with real-world tools and strategies needed to master fundamental management concepts related to company stability and growth. Registrants learn through one-on-one executive coaching sessions with subject matter experts in the areas of finance, business development, operations, and legal. More info at HACIAWorks.org. This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at ravinia.org. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. The days of masking up might soon be behind us. A new Centers for Disease Control and Prevention update says fully vaccinated people don't have to wear masks outdoors anymore, unless you're in a crowd. And in Chicago, more restrictions on COVID-19 have been lifted, and now fully vaccinated people don't have to be counted in restaurant indoor capacity limits. So what will all of these new updates look like, and will it still contain the spread of the virus? Well, here to help us answer these questions and more is one of our favorite guests of the week. That's infectious disease specialist, Dr. Mia Teramina from the DuPage Medical Group. Hi, Dr. Teramina. Welcome back. Hi, Sasha. Dr. Uh, Mayor Lightfoot announced yesterday that she is loosening COVID restrictions due to the city's low COVID case numbers. Um, What do those numbers look like in the city and in the suburbs right now? You know, we're getting there. We're seeing that rolling positivity rate eking back down to around three and a half percent statewide, which is more akin to what it was like prior to this little mini wave and surge that we saw over the last month, month and a half. So we've had, you know, consecutive days where we're downturning and and in terms of numbers and case counts and still getting, you know, 70, 80, 100,000 vaccines in arms every day. And that's that tipping point that we've been looking towards where we can start loosening up some of these things. In the new phase four plan, places like restaurants and indoor venues uh, can now operate at higher indoor capacity um, with fully vaccinated people no longer counted towards that capacity limit. Is, is that accurate, doctor? And if so, you what know, are your thoughts? We are definitely seeing more and more freedoms afforded to folks that are fully vaccinated. And the reality is, is we are seeing breakthrough cases. We're seeing individuals that are fully vaccinated and are unfortunately uh, developing symptoms for COVID and being diagnosed as COVID positive. Uh, Fortunately, these are rare, even though we are hearing about them and it seems like they're more frequent. In reality, we're talking about thousands of cases among millions of, uh, of fully vaccinated individuals. So a very, very low incidence rate. Because of that, it's very unlikely that you are going to catch COVID if you've been fully vaccinated and spread COVID if you've been fully vaccinated. And these are the folks that are are likely to be able to get into places, uh, start to participate in more activities, outdoor activities, as we talk about opening up concert venues and outdoor venues this summer uh, with the potential for vaccine passports. We're going to be seeing more and more fully vaccinated individuals being able to enjoy some of these freedoms. And no more masks outside. Do you agree with it? 
You know, this entire time, I felt that it was less likely to get COVID if you're outside, perhaps exercising alone or, you know, going for a jog. I don't necessarily see a need for a mask doing an activity like that. Or if you're going for a walk with someone from your own household, something along those lines. So we know that this is a, it's highly unlikely to get exposed to COVID in that capacity. And now being fully vaccinated, even walking down potentially busier streets in Chicago, as long as you're not huddled in crowds or body to body, you should be able to walk around outside uh, if you're fully vaccinated without a mask. And I look forward to seeing uh, some maskless walking down the uh, lakefront path this summer and things like that moving forward. The University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign said this week that students who are fully vaccinated don't have to get tested every week in order to go on campus. When do you think that COVID-19 testing will no longer be needed? You know, we really need to push that number a bit higher amongst fully vaccinated individuals. These college campuses are doing a great job, and there are many college campuses that are going to require uh, vaccination prior to being able to attend in-person classes this fall. And to the extent where you have a significant majority, 70, 80, 90 percent of all students and faculty and staff fully vaccinated, the need for routine testing is is almost nil uh, because we're going to not be capturing enough uh, meaningful positives that are going to necessitate the cost and the effort and everything we need to do in order to continue testing regularly like that. So I'm in agreement that if you are fully vaccinated and not showing symptoms, while it's certainly possible you could be exposed to coronavirus and have a very low level uh, of virus that may or may not be transmissible, in all probability, if you have no symptoms and you are fully vaccinated, it is going to be very, very hard for you to transmit this virus. Let's hear from a caller. Uh, Francine's on the line from Evanston. Hi, Francine. What's your question for the doctor? Yes, I was wondering how do restaurants track if people are fully vaccinated or any other venue for that matter? Do people have to show their vaccination card or do they just come up and say, I was fully vaccinated? That's my question. Sure. As we are moving towards more and more folks being vaccinated and concepts of being able to have more flexibility amongst fully vaccinated individuals, um, there could be something along the lines of showing proof of vaccine with that vaccine card or one of many apps that is being looked at right now and sort of called uh, anecdotally a vaccine passport where a QR code can be scanned and can you know show documentation of your vaccine status and or recent testing status. Um, this obviously is not without some controversy. There are folks that are not in favor of, of having to show documentation in order to have some of these things. But we will definitely reach a point where, yes, fully vaccinated individuals who are able to show such are going to be able to do some things that folks that are not fully vaccinated um, are not able to do as soon. So hopefully once we achieve herd immunity, even those individuals who cannot be vaccinated will be able to have some of those same freedoms that we're uh, all starting to enjoy uh, on the vaccinated side of things. Now, as you know, last month, uh, Governor Pritzker announced the bridge plan that was to safely reopen the state. Um, Chicago officials said yesterday that if our metrics remain low, we can move into the bridge plan within about two weeks. Do you think that's possible? I do. We're getting really close. We now are to a point where everyone who can get to a vaccine 
uh, has largely been able to do so if they've wanted a vaccine. We now need to focus in the weeks to come folks who can't get to a vaccine. So the vaccine needs to get to them. We're talking people that are in underserved areas. We're talking individuals that just have not had access close in their communities, don't have transportation. And more and more individuals that we can vaccinate in those categories are going to drive those numbers up and keep our rolling positivity rate down. So we've done a, a tremendous job, really, of you know getting over that hump of having vaccine access issues to now we're having plenty of vaccine, we just need to take kind of a survey of who's gotten vaccine already, who still needs it, and getting to those folks who still need it so we can keep those numbers down, keep that rolling positivity rate low. And if we can string together a couple of good weeks like this, yes, we should be able to move into the bridge phase. Are you still seeing hesitancy as an issue? We are. Um, you know, as, as time goes on, we're seeing more and more individuals realizing that the benefits far outweigh the risks of getting vaccinated. And they're also starting to realize that with some of these variants that are spreading in the community, it's, it's almost a becoming just too much of a gamble to continue to, um, you know, be on the fence about vaccine and seeing more and more folks around you getting vaccinated, having minimal to uh, mild side effects for a day or so, and, uh, you know, being able to kind of put that part behind them. Yes, we may need boosters. Yes, we, we may need additional vaccines in the future. But at this point in time, I, as a provider, trying to ask every single one of my patients in clinic every day, regardless of why they've come in for their appointment, if they've had their vaccine or not, by far and away, I'm seeing nearly 100% vaccinated. Um, and that's just fantastic. So uh, seeing that in our community and trying to push these numbers up in the individual counties, I know DuPage County has a goal of 80% of the population, the adult population being fully vaccinated. Mm -hmm. We need to then redirect our efforts towards those who can't get to vaccine. Let's hear now from Judy in Gold Coast. Hi, Judy. What's your question? What percentage of people get the uh after they've had a, a vaccine and are fully vaccinated, then are get the COVID, and then of that group that have gotten the COVID again or has gotten the COVID after that test, what percentage will um, have the long-term effects? That's a great question, Judy, and some of that stuff is still in evolution as to how many fully vaccinated folks will get COVID and end up with those long hauler symptoms. That's to be determined. I will tell you right now, with eight or 9,000 folks that have had documented breakthrough infections, we're looking at fully vaccinated individuals and the number of breakthrough cases, meaning that your chances of getting this are something like 0.0008%. So they're very, very low of getting active COVID after being fully vaccinated. Of those folks, a small percentage of them will end up hospitalized. And yes, some have passed away from COVID even after being fully vaccinated. We're looking at that number being uh, literally one in a million. So the chances of, of dying of, of COVID are very, very slim. When it comes to long haulers, we know that some people develop long hauler symptoms regardless of how uh, severe their symptoms were in the early part of their illness. So it remains to be seen how many of these folks who get COVID after being fully vaccinated will have long hauler symptoms. I can only hope that that will be much less than if you haven't been vaccinated. Let's hear now from Mary. Hi, Mary. What's your question Hello. for the doctor? 
Hello. My question is, after you get vaccinated and if you were to catch COVID and if you have a smart child in the house, how would that affect the child? You have a small child in the house. So whether you are vaccinated and become symptomatic for COVID or whether you just become symptomatic for COVID without vaccine, our children are not vaccinated at present. So they are going to be at risk, especially if we can't physically separate from them. Sometimes we have older kids and older teens in the house and potentially a second adult in the home as well, where you can kind of isolate yourself during that period of time. But to the extent that you're a caregiver and you're going to be physically interacting with your child, the best you can do is wear a mask and wash your hands and do the best you can. But there is a significant chance that these individuals and these kids could be infected if you're infected. We do know that if you've been fully vaccinated and become sick with COVID, you're going to have a lot less of a viral sort of inoculum or a virus count. So hopefully you will be less likely to spread that virus, but no guarantees, certainly if you're having symptoms. Doctor, I want to squeeze in a question we got by email last week, but we didn't have enough time to to get to it. Uh, This is from listener Jerome in Skokie. Uh, He's 79. I'm going to paraphrase the email. He says he's 79. He's got Hashimoto's hypothyroidism and included uh, body myopathy. Uh, He says he's been told that these are two autoimmune illnesses, and also he's heard that people like him, uh, don't develop full antibodies, even after having two doses of the Pfizer vaccine. So his questions are, are both of these illnesses autoimmune illnesses? And should I get an antibody test to find out if the vaccines are effective? Those are great questions. Um, They do sound, uh, Hashimoto's thyroiditis is certainly an autoimmune uh, process, and it sounds like that other muscle-related disorder may be as well. Folks that have autoimmune conditions may not mount uh, as robust of an antibody response to vaccine, but by no means does it mean that they're not going to. We have seen many, many, many patients get vaccinated fully uh, who have autoimmune conditions and develop uh, antibodies uh, just the same as anyone else. We also don't know if they're antibodies will fall quicker. So they may require boosters, you know, in a different manner than the rest of us once we start developing a booster schedule. So everyone with autoimmune conditions should definitely speak with their providers about getting vaccinated. These are safe and effective vaccines. Regarding getting an M-spike antibody test a a couple of weeks after completing your series, that should be on a case-by-case basis in a need-to-know basis. We don't necessarily check M-spike antibodies on everyone. And for the most part, that's not something Something that's recommended, but we do have those unique cases where we need to know and we have the ability to check. How easy is it to find a vaccine appointment right now? It's fairly easy. Okay. Um, I, I think that you should be able, I, I believe Pritzker said something along the lines of, if you want a vaccine, raise your hand. Um, <laughs> there are, there's vaccine availability with within very little travel distance from most places right now today um, where you can get vaccinated ASAP. So please, if you've been waiting for your your local areas or your local pharmacies or your local hospital or health system to get vaccine, or or I have spoken with a lot of people that feel like they're young and healthy and wanted to make sure so-and-so has gone before them and all the folks that needed it more than them got it. We're, we're to that place. And plus, remember, even if you're younger and healthier, your getting vaccinated helps to drive that herd immunity to protect those who cannot get vaccinated. So every shot in every arm matters. Let's hear now from Cheryl in Oak Park. Hey, Cheryl, welcome to Reset. Hi, thanks uh, for taking my call. My question is, I've had both uh, vaccines and I've misplaced my record card. Um, how do I replace it? 
Good question. That, that is I think I might have misplaced mine too. <laughs> Protect these things. The, you know, the advice for those who are listening, uh, take a picture of it and have it on your phone um, and keep it in a safe place, uh, likely where you would store your passport or other sensitive documents. Uh, don't laminate it. Um, there are folks that have laminated these and, and it causes distortion in the font and things like that. You can make a photocopy and laminate the photocopy, but keep the original in a safe place. For folks that have lost it or lost track of it, those numbers are recorded. Those lot numbers are recorded in the system where you received your vaccine. So if it was a commercial pharmacy, contact that commercial pharmacy, ask about a replacement card. If it was like a pop-up uh, vaccination event, uh, find out who was hosting the vaccine event and who supplied those vaccines to see if a card can be regenerated for you. Dr. India is is going through a devastating second wave right now um, with a new strain of COVID variant. Um, the cases and deaths there have skyrocketed across the country. What do we know so far about that? And the numbers in India are just absolutely mind-boggling, wow. and it's happening in the context with less than 2% of the entire country being fully vaccinated. It is our job uh, as uh, the de more developed areas in this world to to help India right now because there's absolute crisis. There's multiple variants circulating in India right now, not only this uh, so-called double mutant we've been hearing about, but there's uh, the B117 variant and other variants as well. What, what uh, is the double mutant? Variant. So the, the double mutant variant is, is basically a hybrid of a couple of other variants that we've seen, sort of the uh, variant uh, that we've seen in California, kind of a hybrid with some of the uh, African variant that we've seen. And it's basically um, taking some of those strains and having two different mutations on a single virus that, you know, there's a number of other mutations as well on that strain too. But, you know, the, the issue becomes, you know, these viruses continue to adapt and all of these variants have a higher infectivity and appear to cause a bit greater clinical syndrome. So we have to be able to vaccinate faster than these variants can spread. And if we don't have the capacity to care for our population, including hospital beds, oxygen, and some of the basic things, folks that are dying in India, by all means, are folks that would survive otherwise with some simple uh, strategies. We're just seeing the, the aftermath of what happens when we completely deplete all of our resources. Let's take a call now from Linda in Valparaiso. Hi, Linda. What's your question for the doctor? Yeah, hello. Hello. Thank you for taking my call. I have a group of people who want to go visit an elderly relative, and one of the people who want to go had COVID and she's refusing to get vaccinated. So number one, does a person who had COVID still need the vaccination as I understand they do? And number two, if she had this M spike antibody test, does that come in levels like, oh, you've got a lot of antibodies or you just have a little, uh, would it help us make a decision? Those are great questions. So when you have the actual COVID virus, you're going to develop antibodies to the nucleocapsid, which is part of the actual virus. Those antibodies aren't as durable as what you achieve when you get vaccinated. That's where you develop those M spike antibodies. So anyone who is fully recovered from COVID has immunity for some time and by all probability. Some people don't develop antibody, but most do. 
And if she's within 90 days of having her acute infection, she probably has antibodies to be reliably safe. And while wearing a mask and being respectful, visiting an elderly, vulnerable relative, I think that that may be reasonable again within 90 days. I would also state that I would hope the elderly relative is fully vaccinated. We want to be able to protect our most vulnerable. If you've been vaccinated, you can check M-spike antibodies or have your physicians check M-spike antibodies. And we do get titers, but we don't, we sort of suppress them. So they're not necessarily for real time. We don't yet know exactly what titer levels are needed after vaccine in order to keep that immunity level high and uh, as much as we need to be protective. That's what's being looked at right now. So we can decide when boosters are necessary. Similarly, it's a different antibody test if you've had COVID and there are titers theoretically that are accessible, but generally more on the laboratory side. And we are still learning about those numbers and those values over time. That's Dr. Mia Teramina, infectious disease specialist from the DuPage Medical Group. Doctor, you are just so wonderful. Thank you again. Thanks again, Sasha. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.